This is a conversation with Dawn Watson from the Tony Robbins documentary. Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 21-year-old author and host of this show. And with this show, you and I will embark on a journey to learn the things that we should have learned in school but did not, so that we may take control of our lives while fulfilling our vision of success. Each episode will feature a brand new lesson, and now it's time for today's lesson. So put your thinking cap on, because school is now in session. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Growth Mindset University. Now, today's guest is very interesting because if you are familiar with and have watched Tony Robbins' documentary on Netflix called I Am Not Your Guru, then it is likely that you would recognize my guest today because she was featured in that documentary. Her name is Dawn Watson, and you can find her on Instagram at Dawn Watson Official, official with one F because she's from Brazil, Oficial. You can also visit her at her website, dawnwatson.com.br slash English. I actually got that wrong in the episode, so I'm correcting it here. And to introduce her, I'm actually going to read this from tonyrobbins.com because there's no better way to put it. Dawn Watson attended Date with Destiny in 2014. Like thousands of other people who attended the event, Dawn wanted to discover more about her purpose in life, but the circumstances that brought her to the event were anything but ordinary. Dawn was born into a religious cult. She and her family lived in Brazil and were members of the American cult known as Children of God. One of the organization's main beliefs was that in order to spread the love of God, you need to express your devotion through sexual acts. From the age of six, Dawn was required to have sex with other members of the cult. By the time she was 13, Dawn was convinced that there was more to life than the psychological, emotional, and sexual abuse that she faced daily. She ran away from the cult in search of love, leaving behind everything she'd ever known, even though she'd never had an example of a healthy relationship in her life. By age 26, she was so jaded by terrible interpersonal relationships that she knew she needed to seek out a new way of living. She was not only feeling aimless, but suicidal. A friend recommended that Dawn attend Date with Destiny, Tony Robbins' six-day event, to hear what Tony Robbins had to say about finding purpose. The things that Dawn had already encountered in her short life were beyond horrific, of course. Not many people can imagine the pain that she faced, nor the lasting effects that those events can have on someone. Dawn stood up at Date with Destiny and bravely shared her story in front of thousands. Tony was taken aback by her candor and resilience. He told her, you are a miracle, truly a miracle. You made it through hell to be here in this moment. You're a miracle to everyone in this room. He goes on to say that, that what she's experienced is beyond what anyone in this room could ever imagine in their lives and that she hasn't deserved any of it, but from it comes unbelievable strength. He also said that we're going to get it handled. We can't change the past, but we can take away the pain, and that's all we really want. So Dawn was already on track to succeed in changing her life because she had already taken back her power. As a child being raised in the cult, she had no say over how her life took shape. 
But as an adult, she was actively deciding that she was going to break the cycle of pain and suffering. She was going to choose love and joy. Dawn is effectively turning pain into a new purpose. And part of this mission involved helping others. Dawn lost friends and family to the cult. And some of her loved ones even took their own lives to escape their demons. Dawn had already gone through her own process of grieving and forgiven the many people who wronged her. And she was already starting to help her loved ones. Dawn might not have known it, but she had already adopted a post-traumatic growth mindset. She was working to create something positive from her pain. And this state led her to date with destiny. After hearing her story, Tony Robbins decided he could do more to help Dawn. Tony decided to partner Dawn up with his longtime collaborator, Chloe Medanes. Chloe is a trusted therapist who specializes in training other therapists, particularly on interpersonal issues. Tony established that Chloe would help train Dawn to become a therapist. Not only was he helping her find her purpose, but he invited her loved ones along the ride telling Dawn that she could bring anyone from her past that had also been affected by the community to receive personal mentoring from Tony, Chloe, and the rest of the Robbins team. Now it's time for a new Dawn. After attending Date with Destiny, Dawn followed through and became certified at the Robbins Medanes Center for Strategic Intervention. Today, Dawn helps others process their pain through her events, online courses, lectures, and even her new book called My Journey Back Home. She's created an entirely new life for herself, one that focuses on love, growth, and joy instead of suffering. And of course, Dawn's interaction was caught on film for the documentary I Am Not Your Guru, which I highly recommend you go watch on Netflix if you've not done it already. Every single time I watch it, I am moved to tears, especially at Dawn's part. And as a high school loser a few short years ago, I never thought in a million years that I would get to talk to this outstanding individual that had moved me to tears. And so I'm just so incredibly grateful for this opportunity and the conversation that I shared with Dawn Watson. Dawn's story is one of love and forgiveness and now, without further ado, please let me introduce to you the one, the only, Don Watson. All right, Don, we are live. Welcome to Growth Mindset University. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here and a pleasure to be able to share everything that I have to share today. I'm so excited to be here and for me, one of the most amazing things that I get to do is be able to share with other people a little bit of my story and a little bit of things that I've learned. And if I could do that, it really just puts a huge smile on my face. So thank you for bringing me here on your podcast today. Of course. I got to tell you, I remember watching Tony Robbins' I Am Not Your Guru documentary when I was in high school. I was still in high school. And Never, and of course, you know, everyone gets a lot of people get emotional from it, and especially at your part of the documentary, always get emotional. I've watched it a couple of times now throughout the years, and you know, never in a million years, as the high school loser that I was, did I think 
that I would ever be sharing a conversation with that incredible human being right here. <laughs> so it's really, it's, it's just, uh, it's really cool for me. And I'm super excited for all the things we're going to be talking about today, Don. Oh, thank you. And that is so awesome that you in high school sat down, watched the documentary. Amazing. I feel, I think it's so awesome that so many young people have the opportunity to be able to connect and to share and to see, I mean, the documentary is incredible and, and it's, it's so cool how the universe brought us all here together now. So amazing. Yes. Very cool how the universe works. So my first question then would be, for people that don't know, a little bit of your story and what led you to Tony Robbins' five-day event, I believe, Date with Destiny. What led you to that yeah. <clears throat> event? I think I, I got to a point in my life, you know, I was born in a, in a American, very religious cult, but that was located in Brazil um, called the Children of God. And... I think from growing up so many years in this cult with so many, I mean, so many different ways of seeing life and so many different cultures and, and belief systems that some things were really good and some things were terrible. And having that crazy um, conflict of how can good and bad live in the same place and how can I grow up with it so um, you know, so right in my face and how to understand all this pain and go through the processes of, you know, not only, um, you know, abuse in, in the form of something physical, but also in the form of something mental and religious and emotional, um, growing, you know, with a guru your whole life that dictates every uh, thing you do. You really grew up thinking, you know, who am I and, and do I ever have the strength to, direct my own life and I think leaving the 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 coal and trying to figure out myself and trying to understand that I was the owner of my own life and that I could pick myself up um, made me start to really wonder how was the process of doing that and how could I in the process of picking myself up and healing myself from everything that I lived find help so that I can help other people because and helping other people kind of made sense everything that I lived that if I could use it and recycle the bad for something good then it it would make my life more purposeful and I remember at a point I started talking to a friend of mine and just explained to him how passionate I was about really helping other people not suffer what I've been suffering and also the urge of wanting to live in my truth and being tired of years and years and years having to shut up and not tell anybody and not talk about it because I was just afraid of what people were going to think or say and having to invent a childhood so that people won't ask me questions. And I just said, I'm so tired of this. And I just won't wish there were human beings that lived in their truth and that were authentic and that were, that didn't have fear to be themselves. And he said, well, I, I know someone that is, is, is kind of like that. And, I, and he said, you need to meet him. And I said, what do you mean? He said, go watch um, some videos of him, Tony Robbins, go on YouTube. And I remember I'm like, I don't want any more gurus. I don't want any type of religious leaders. And he said, no, this is different. Just go watch it. So I sat down and I started watching it. I just felt like, wow, that was the person I was looking for that I know could understand me. And that 
I know I could feel safe to be able to go through my own process and let things out that were killing me because they were stuck inside me. So that was the first thing when I just saw his YouTube things. I said, you know what? I need to get myself there. And I made sure to get myself there. You know, it was very difficult for me. I didn't have the money to go buy my ticket. And I just felt like, you know what? The most important thing right now is just to get myself there. I don't have an idea what's going to happen. I had no idea even what Date with Destiny was about. I didn't read anything about what it really was about. All I knew was I need to connect to this human being because I know he will understand me. For some reason, I just knew that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I sold all my things and I left my apartment and I got all the money of all of my belongings and things that in my apartment. And I bought the ticket to soon enter into a date with destiny that I will never forget. And, and I would never in a million years imagine that one day the whole world would divide that moment with me. So it's pretty incredible. It sure is. I think Last time I watched the documentary was a couple of months ago. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You sold all of your belongings to go to that event? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that was the only thing that mattered, it seemed like. Yeah. For me, the most important thing was to get myself there. So, you know, selling everything and and making sure that I got myself there really was plan A. There was no more plan Bs. You know, I didn't even know what Mm -hmm. I was going to do when I got back. I just knew I had to get myself there. Yeah. And that's something that Tony always talks about as well. You know, cutting yourself off from all other options. And it seems like, you know, that's what you've done in your life. So a a little bit more about the cults. Some of the things that were going on in there were sexual abuse, right? What were some of the beliefs of the cult? Well, actually, I think like every... Like every religious group for cults or, or uh, um, communities that start up, they start up with a really good intention. They start up with really good dreams and hopes and revolutions of wanting to change the world and wanting to do a revolution and wanting to bring um, love, more love, more community, more understanding. And that's what David Brantberg, which was the leader of this cult, really wanted to do. Um, But I think like any human being, when we forget that we are human and that all of us have light and darkness and all of us have our shades and and parts of us that we need to work on, I think because this guru really, really had so much that he wanted to contribute to the world and there were so many good belief systems as in, you know, let's um, bring uh, uh, love, let's, let's talk about a religion that is not full of walls and full of rules and full of you know punishing belief systems that if you don't do that god's going to punish you and they really wanted to bring something that was more loving and more um welcoming to people but at the same time when he started this cult so many young people left their homes you know he was a little bit older and a lot of his followers were all around you know 14 15 16 year olds that really wanted to change the world and that were tired of the religion Uh, you know it was the hippie days everybody you know wanted to to break free from the boxes but you know they never would have imagined that soon this religious leader would start you know really infiltrating with his belief systems because he had in his own shadows problems in his sexuality he would abuse and he had that 
and he never really let people in the area of his life. So soon he started using that belief system of, oh, you can have sex with children, you, you know, everybody can be able to, to have that with each other. And he started saying that it was godly and that it was love. And if it's pure love, then there's no sin to it. There's nothing bad to it. So he started to manipulate people and, and doing really bad things, thinking it was something good, you know? And so it's such a shame because it was in the beginning a really good um, community. And all of a sudden, really bad things started to happen. And not because this cult was constructed out of really bad people, just because I think we all forget that, that you know, independent of the goodness we have, we can't disregard our, you know, the dark parts within all of us as human beings. And that if we put it to the light and say, you know, I've got a problem in this area, then we can find help. But if we use spirituality to hide it, then that becomes something um, very dangerous, which, which that was what became very dangerous in the community and that many people suffered all kinds of abuses, not, not, not only um, emotional, sexual, uh, spiritual because we learned that god was um a sexual god god you know looked at us not as a father but looked at us as a wife and so we would always see him in a very sexual way and always learn about him in a very sexual way um and so it was quite disturbing yes but i think leaving it and really understanding what it means to be human and understanding a little bit of all of this really helped me you know um, put some things back into place, you know, internally. Definitely. So you were a part of it from in, until you were age 13, correct? Yes. So how did you get out? For a long time, I really started to do everything wrong. You know, I really started to disobey all the rules that I just got to a point in my life that I said, I need to find a way out. I don't know if there's anything else out there. You know, even though I was taught that if I leave the cold, God's going to punish me and somehow I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. I knew that I needed to find a way out and I needed to find a way by myself. I couldn't do it anymore by the rules of some guru that was going to coordinate the rest of my life. I wanted to do that now, you know, so I started running away and and finally they let me go out that okay we've been doing so many things out of of our rules it's better that you you even leave before they, they would call me the rotten apple before you rot all the other kids and be a bad influence in the group so finally i was able to to get out and i think i from 13 until around 15 i spent my first years out of the community, just really trying to figure out life, trying to figure out myself and try to put the pieces back together. Yeah. How does one go about picking up the pieces when all you've known your whole life is that cult and those belief systems? Yeah. I really believe that every human being internally has everything we need to heal ourselves. And you know, I really, I really, really, really believe that today because I feel like there was so much of my journey that I walked alone and that I really had no help. I tried finding certain people I can talk to. I tried understanding what life was really all about. Um, I spent years um, completely closed in every area of my life, not wanting to ever have 
relationships again, just really trying to um, understand myself as a woman, understand myself as a human being, and trying to understand myself as a citizen in society, which was completely different as, you know, a citizen of this cult, growing up in the cult. So um, I think because nobody really understood and because I didn't really speak to many people, I had to figure out a way to try to heal myself. And I really, you know, I, I would write so many different diaries. I would spend hours and hours writing and writing and just talking about my experiences and breaking the silence to myself, you know, like really admitting I went through this, this hurt, this, you know, because I think the more that we go through difficult things and we don't really admit it, not even to ourselves, we can't really heal that. It's like putting a bunch of garbage that we lived in a, basement and locking the door and we don't want to access it but if you don't access the things that are hurting you the most and really go through them you won't be able to heal them you won't be able to throw them out of your life and I felt like I needed to start accessing all the most painful memories and things that I had gone through in order to try to heal them and kind of like liberate them from my life cleaning my emotional life you know yeah and I just the writing really was that. The writing really helped me face my biggest fears, face everything that I lived, um, put it out there. And of course, I had very difficult moments, moments that I wanted to take away my life. I tried suicide many times. But I mm -hmm. think what kept me strong was the, the deep desire of you can, you know, you can have stolen my childhood, but you will not steal my future. And, and for you not to steal my future, I need to stop this pain now. I need to find a way to start healing now. And I think that was just my biggest um, rebellion internal was you're not going to steal it. And so if you, you know, because of everything I went through, if you make me hate, you stole my future. I become a hateful person. I, I hate people. I, I'm become, you know, full of grudges because of my past. And and that is not me. I was never like that. So I became that because of the hurt you did for me. But if I hold on to that, I'm still going to permit that you continue to ruin the rest of my life. And so I think my biggest thing was you, you stole my, my childhood, but you will not steal my future. And for that to happen, I needed to change my present now. You know, I needed to do something different now and I needed to heal that pain so that I could come back home to who I was, you know, to who I really was. Yes, reconnecting to who you really were. It's interesting you mentioned that because actually my favorite song as of this week, it like just came out this week is, it's called Move On by Mike Posner. And he says in there, I feel pain, I don't want to, but I have to if I want to move on. So that's a, yeah. it's sort of what you're saying there. And it's a really, it's like a happy, sad, song it's an interesting song it's a sappy song i think everyone should listen to that song right now that's my song right now but yes. <laughs> my, my um, next question i love it yeah <laughs> my next question is have you forgiven yes <laughs> yes i wouldn't be here today if i hadn't gone through the process of forgiveness why would you not be here today because i truly believe that forgiveness was a huge part in my journey to be able to find peace and healing because the more that I just stacked on 
this pain of my past and other things I had gone through, the more, you know, I, I, I died inside, you know, the more, um, this, this anger really ate away my will to live. It ate away my joy. It ate away everything within me that wanted to live. And I felt like if I needed to get myself back, I needed to be able to forgive and let go. And I needed to understand what forgiveness really was. Because for me, the concept of forgiveness, when I learned about it was do this because this is what God wants of you. And at that point in my life, I was like, I don't even care about God. I don't want to do, I don't want to know about God because the God I learned was this pervert that I have no interest. He was the abuser. So why do I, why would I let people off the hook? Because God wants that of me. And so that type of concept of forgiveness didn't work for me until I started to understand what forgiveness really truly was. And going through my internal, um, you know, cleaning uh, of really recognizing what is inside me that is killing me. And I started, you know, feeling like, okay, to liberate this pain from inside me so I don't keep on carrying it. I needed to understand what forgiveness was. And I, and I really did understand what forgiveness was when I met this, you know, it was this second guru that entered my life when I was 15. And he was someone that truly um, helped me so much. He was like a father to me. Um, and I never really met a masculine figure that really loved and protected me without wanting me. And so he was just this incredible um, human being and for years he really helped me through my process of of healing and gave me a safe place to go through my um, my cleansing my internal cleansing of of understanding what had happened to me and admitting it and then one day he got cancer and he died and I and, and when he died I had discovered that he had um, you know abused other women Wow. And that was so, like, to me, it was shocking. I, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh, the person that loved me so much, that helped me so much in my journey, did the same thing that I was so, for so many years, which was trying to, um, to understand how can a human being do something like that? I was judging these people like monsters, not like human beings. And all of a sudden, this man that I loved so much and that clearly helped me so much did the same thing that I would call other people monsters. So I had to look and say, was he a monster or was he actually just a human being, just like all of us? And that mm. he was capable of loving, but he was also capable of hurting. And that's when I started to understand what it means to be human and that uh. all of us have the capacity to love and have the capacity to hurt. And sometimes we pass through people's lives and we leave a dark stain. And other times we pass through other people's lives and we leave a beautiful white stain. And both need to be recognized, but no one should be thrown away because they have that black stain, because they've left that black stain. And in that moment, I felt like we can't throw a human being away saying you're, in, you're unhuman or you're a monster just because you've done something bad. Because when we do that, we, we don't acknowledge that that person also has good in him. 
and that person also left goodness in someone else's life. And at that moment, I felt I can't throw him away because if I threw him away and said, okay, he, I'm going to label him just like I labeled everyone else as monster. I'm, I, there's no way because I need to recognize that he, yes, left so much light in my life. He did so good, so much good to me. And that's when I started to understand what forgiveness really was. Forgiveness was just simply understanding the humanness in someone and knowing how to recognize the bad and say, yes, this wasn't good. This isn't, you know, really recognizing the bad, but also recognizing the good and never throwing people away never throwing situations away because when you do that, you throw yourself away too, you know? And, and I, I had noticed that within myself, I had done so much good, but I also had done so much bad because people that are hurt, hurt people. And when mm. I was hurt, I, I hurt a lot of people, not because that made me a monster just because I was hurt. And so I think um, forgiveness helped me truly validate what it means to be human and not throw people away, you know, but recognize what it meant to be human. And I think that was one of the biggest examples of my life because after going through the process of forgiving him, I, it helped me be able to go through the process of forgiving all the people that passed in my life, recognizing both the bad, but also the good and not throwing people away. Dawn, that's actually really profound. It seems this is a recurring theme where you see the good in everyone, in the cult leader, you had mentioned the good things about him in the beginning. You are seeing the good in, in everyone, which is great. You know, it's something my mother always says that I learned from her is that everyone can be beautiful when you really get to know them in some way. And so I, this really resonates with me on a human level, Dawn. Yeah. So how has your relationship with faith evolved over your life now yeah well you know for some time i really you know i started to try to learn about all different types of religions and i was very curious after you know my whole life learning just about one type of god and the way i learned him I just really left and wanted to understand all different sorts of religions. And I can say that today I'm not a religious person, but I am a very spiritual person. I really, I really believe in energy. I really believe in love. I really believe in, you know, doesn't matter the name. Some people call it God, universe, whatever the name is. I don't really put labels on anything. I just really feel like there is um, something really beautiful um, and everywhere that we look and see and everything that surrounds us and that um, there is true love and, it, and it's in nature, it's in, it's in every human being if we look close enough. And, um, and I really believe in that, you know, and I'm a very spiritual person, but not religious person. Well, what does love mean to you then? To me, love, I think it's the the most beautiful essence of, you know, just complete, you know, connection. And um, I think love is forgiveness. I think love is, is, you know, this, this beautiful energy that sometimes I can't even explain. I just feel that 
that it's so strong that and in, independent of any darkness, wherever it's around, it can bring light. Independent of any bad, there is always good. Independent of anything that's difficult, it's it's always there. And I feel like um, it's just all around us, and it it's what makes life worthwhile. Definitely. Love wins, love rules. I love love. It is, what, <laughs> yes. yeah, it is what rules my life. I, you know, I say that, and as a guy in America too, it's a little offsetting, if you will. It's like it's like what Jordan? Not at all. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm a softy for sure, and and you know I, I, much of what you say too about feeling the pain, you know I like I if I want to cry like I cry. And I think it's a really, I think it's a really good thing. I cried tears of joy yeah. and, and tears of sadness as well, but I think it's really important. So in hindsight, Don, and I'm hesitant to ask this question, but in hindsight, was the cult a positive experience in where it has brought you today? For me, the cult is definitely has its tides, you know, the cult damaged me in too many areas that I can't explain but the cult also built me into the strong person I am today the the cult also made me the person I am today because if I didn't have the opportunity to go through my pain and I can tell you this pain is is such a powerful thing because it connects you to such a deeper part of who you are and it it helps you dig deep into the beautiful soul that each one of us have. And when we sometimes don't experience situations like of, of pain that you need to dive into you in, in such a big level, you also experience the amount of, of beauty that you also have within yourself, the amount of love that you find out you actually have, that it's not as limited as you think it is that you, you get to see life and you get to see people in such a greater and more profound way. And I think that the cult gave me such, you know, um, deep and profound lessons about life, about myself, about people, that today, you know, I get to help thousands of women, men worldwide. And because of everything that I went through. And so I can tell you that I am very grateful for for everything. I don't throw anything away nowadays. I really look at my past or anything that I go through in life that is difficult. And I know that it's all contributing for my evolving and that somehow it will also help and I can recycle any bad thing into something good. And I can turn any pain into love. And it's really made me the, the, the human being I am today, which is not even close to being perfect, but it is a human being that I get to understand so much more that I think that I would never be able to comprehend if I hadn't gone through all the experience that I went through. So I am very grateful for absolutely everything, both the good and the bad. That's beautiful. You know, recycling the bad and making it into the good for sure. Are there any areas of your life today where you're still healing? Yeah, many. I think we never, we never truly um, get to that place of, 
Um, I don't believe we ever get to that place of pure enlightenment when we, we were not human anymore. Um, I feel like there's so many different areas of my life that I'm constantly working on, um, you know, and there is, and there's some things that are just funny, but are really difficult for me. You know, like I was talking to a friend the other day, you know, growing up in big cults, for me, being individual nowadays is so difficult for me. I was just moving into my new apartment and I was living alone and I was just feeling like, oh my God, I miss community so much. It's so hard to live an individual life. Like after you've lived, you know, your almost your whole life with, you know, tons of people, you know, we lived in houses of 200 people all together and eating all together. And, you know, nowadays for me, living in an individual life definitely is very difficult. Um, but you know, there's so many different aspects of my life that I still work on daily and I still have to be checking on myself. And, you know, I guess like all of us, we all, we all have things that we daily have to work on, but you know, for me, it's, it's good. I, I, I kind of like it cause it keeps me constantly striving to be better. Definitely. Growth is where life happens. I'm all about growth. And yeah, yeah so I have a feeling I know part of the answer to this, but what would be the spiritual prescription you would give someone on how to heal from their emotional trauma? I, I know forgiveness is a big part of what you're going to say, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I think that the first thing is stop trying to look outside of you to heal and look inside. Mm. And and stop trying to find answers outwards. Find them inwards. And um, you know, I know that before you know when you met Tony, Tony changed your life. No, Tony gave me a safe place where I could finally put out everything that I had already worked inside of me. And and I had done that for years. I just needed to be able to put it out. But before even having the courage to build myself up to be able to publicly, you know, get out everything that was off my chest for so many years. I first had to go through a very long journey of stop hiding from myself what was killing me inside. And so I think the first thing is really important is, is get out a place of trying to run away from your pain and understand that it's not going to go anywhere by ignoring it. It's only going to get out of you if you face it. So I would say, even though it hurts, you're hurting already. So face what is hurting. Understand, you know, okay, this is what's happening. This is my biggest pain. And it doesn't have to be like this forever. You know, just because this happened, it doesn't have to steal the rest of my life. You know, I can, if I have the courage to face it and work through it and understand it, then you're halfway to healing it because once in the surface, you can find these and through forgiveness to start liberating it. But once your pain is so hidden in secret places inside you that you don't want to look at it, you can't access it and therefore you can't heal it. So find ways, mine was writing, everyone has their own ways, but find ways to start recognizing what is really stopping you from living what is really stopping you from you know having a beautiful life and what is hurting you what's that thorn that is stabbing and you're bleeding and you know stop ignoring it pay attention to it so that 
you can you can heal it. Definitely. So Dawn, what are you up to now and who do you want to impact the most with your work? I'm really, really happy. I just actually got my English version of my book out. It's on Amazon mm -hmm. called My Journey Back Home. And um, I'm really excited here in Brazil. We have it already in all of the bookstores. I've been doing events uh, worldwide and here also in Brazil um, where I help women and men go through their process and really help them deal with their pain, how to release that pain, just like I explained a little bit to you. Sometimes people have a hard time um, going through that process. And so I have a couple of events where I take people into the mountains and we spend four days together, really just, you know, through dynamics, through workshops, through music and um, theaters. I have an incredible program which helps the people really identify what is hurting them and then I guide them through their own process of liberating that pain and it's a beautiful beautiful process that um, I, I get the opportunity to be able to help other people liberate their own pain and and connect with themselves again so I have my events uh, I've been you know lecturing worldwide with my story and helping other people find hope uh, after the documentary, I was just so blessed to be able to connect with people all over the world that have gone through their uh, difficulties. And one said, Don, because of the video, because of the documentary, you saved my life. I was going to kill myself or, you know, you gave me hope that I can heal. And so just to be able to to have impacted people in a way that I never would have imagined just with my story makes me remember that we don't actually have to do much. We just have to be authentic and real and when we do that we automatically liberate others to do the same so i feel really blessed to continue to live the most authentic self i possibly can so that i can help influence and, and really bring the, a feeling of hope that it is possible independent of the pain you've gone through i also have a social work here in brazil only with young teenagers from 12 to 20 years old that have gone through very abusive situations most of them pregnant from their own fathers and I helped them go through the process of putting their pieces back together um, after the abuse and, and after rape and after all of the traumatic things that they went through you know help them find hope to create a better future so to be able to be part of that is is pretty amazing that is awesome it's beautiful so your book of course my journey back home on Amazon, your website, Dawn Watson, BR slash English. Is that correct? Yes. Cool. And then I will put your Instagram also in the description of the show. All of that, all those links will be in the description of the show. Now, Dawn, before I ask my final question, I want to acknowledge you because you have given up that bitterness. And sometimes it feels good to be bitter, but you've given up the bitterness and forgiven to become the woman that you are today. And I want to acknowledge you for exuding your love, your kindness, and just overall for your ability to give. And I think your message is, I don't think, I know your message is fantastic. It is a fantastic service to me and many others. So thank you. Oh, I thank you. I thank you guys so much. And it's like I told you, it's really, really a pleasure to be able to share 
my story to be able to bring hope with it. And it really is what makes my life purposeful. So I thank you. And I think every single person that is also listening to this podcast, there's nothing better than coming back home to who we are and remembering who we are and who we were before the pain. Because that helps us, gives us, and that gives us strength to go through that pain so we can um, come out the other end. But there is always another end. It's, it's a tunnel that sometimes looks so dark, but there is light and there is another end to it. We just can't stop. We've got to keep on going. So I think that's my message out to everyone. And thank you so much. Love and respect to you, my friend. So what does life beautifully designed look like to you? What does life beautifully designed look to me? I think life is just perfect exactly the way it is with all its dualities and difficulties. And when the sun rises and then that night, you know, uh, it sets and, and it's darkness. I think the duality of light and darkness exists everywhere, exists in, in us and outside of us. And we go through our beautiful moments in life and we go through our terrible moments in life. But I think it's all perfect. I think life is perfectly designed so that we can grow, so that we can evolve, so that we can work through the light and the dark. And so... Um, I think life is just perfect as it is with all its perfectness and chaos. Don Watson, you're awesome. Keep going. <laughs> Thank you so much. And it's awesome what you're doing so young and getting the word out there and, and inspiring and helping other people. Good job. Yes. Thank you. I am having fun with it. I'm having fun. <laughs> so keep doing it. Okay. And we'll yeah. talk soon then. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of the Growth Mindset University podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this one today, I would really appreciate it if you could leave us a quick five-star rating in iTunes. All you have to do is grab your iPhone or iPad, open up the Apple Podcast app, hit the search tab, search the show, Growth Mindset University, or just search my name, Jordan Paris, tap the show, scroll all the way to the bottom and then just hit that fifth star and that helps us tremendously in ways that you could never even imagine. It means the absolute world to me when people do this. I would be eternally grateful if you do that. We're pushing 100 ratings right now and it's really making a difference for this show. And of course, if you've not already subscribed to the show, just make sure you do that wherever you're listening to so that you don't miss that next episode. I know you're not going to want to miss it. And you only heard this episode today because I thought it was valuable enough to post here. So if you want to share that value with your friends, your family, go ahead and do that. Share this episode with them. Take a screenshot, send it to them. Take a screenshot, put it on your Instagram story and tag me at J underscore Paris underscore so that I know you're listening and I can get back to you and put a face to the name. Now, if you're ready to really take your life to the next level, my book is on Amazon. It is also called Growth Mindset University. It's all about how to learn anything, how to take control of your life, and how to fulfill your vision of success. And you're not just supporting me and this channel by getting this book, but you're also getting this awesome book that's going to lay out the rules and principles to design your life full of joy and fulfillment. 
All right. I love you all so very much. And until next time, my friends, make every day count, live to learn, and grow to give. <laughs>